1: Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge.
0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the FDH Lounge preview of the NFC South for 2022. This is FDH management partner Rick Morris here with my good buddy fellow FDH Lounge original dignitary Chris Galloway. We are going through division by division looking at all of the NFL this year in uh, these different segments. I'm going to refer you back if you're interested in our thoughts on a macro level. The beginning of our first segment on the AFC East that is where we historically kind of get those notes in at the outset and then from there it's just a tight focus division by division except when we take a stroll down a cul-de-sac as we did for the NFC East if you already checked that one out here we we strayed back to something we forgot about from the uh, NFC the AFC North of all places but uh, well you'll have that on trips Rick right? yes yes you will hey I always say it's the show where nothing is off topic so you know we, we proved that in that one here but uh, for the rest of these ones we are doing them more or less as build, I guess we always have to say more or less on this program, but uh, for the NFC South, our structure for this is Chris and I are going to react to something. This is a feature from Fantasy Football Draftology 2022, available on the main page at fantasydrafthelp.com. There is a segment in there, one run-on sentence for each team, and uh, I have these in order of uh, the way that I have picked the teams in each division here. So, we go through, we do the whole run-on sentence uh, gimmick here, and then uh, Chris and I will react to all of this afterwards. So much like approximately 101% of the rest of the world, I have Tampa Bay in first place. For Tampa Bay, I have, even the Cowboys don't have six automatic division wins like the Bucks, but the non-divisional schedule is relatively brutal, and the defense has questions at the front and back. So while Todd Bowles inherits a better squad than most, the second Super Bowl in three years will not come easy. New Orleans. Now Sans Breeze, and Peyton, the Saints are the league's collapse candidate that, weirdly enough, nobody sees coming as a cap-stretched team with holes in key positions and question marks at quarterback and coach will re- lead to the revival of the derisive nickname Ain'ts. Atlanta. Marcus Mariota, especially behind that offensive line, equals tanking, especially with a defense drowning in weak sauce. Side note, uh, it turns out now it may or may not be Mariota through the entirety of this season, but I would say my point still holds. Carolina, a roster thinner in star power than most, also has a quarterback room that the coaching staff and front office have openly disdained but a soft schedule may keep this bad franchise from drafting as high as the talent levels might indicate. So, again, uh, Chris, you and I, in the course of doing this over the years, I mean, we've seen one-team divisions before, but I don't know that we've ever seen any that are quite on the level of what the 2022 NFC South is.
1: Yeah, it certainly is not the division it used to be. No. Um, And and maybe that speaks in some ways to the brilliance of Tom Brady by picking them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, walking from a career of, of, a, weak, of, a, of a particularly weak division the, of teams that couldn't get their act together now to one where, you know, Drew Brees is, was washed up and gone and everybody else is trying to rebuild. Um, like you, I agree, Buccaneers, with probably 11 wins, they're going to take a little step back this year. Mm-hmm. And the biggest reason for that is I don't care what he says in a, in a press conference or whatnot, Tom Brady's already checked out. And we've seen it through this offseason. He, uh, you know, he retired and he didn't retire. And it turns out he was going to go to Miami, become an owner slash player slash coach slash whatever the hell he's going to be. Uh, that all blew up in his face. So he's come back. He insisted they get rid of Bruce Arians. So they, they did because they were desperate to bring him back for one more year. He's already got his deal in his pocket for Fox. Um and Fox isn't giving that deal if they think they've got to wait two, three or more years. I mean I'm sorry. So I think we can all expect that based on this current Tom Brady we're seeing, in terms of his unfocused nature, the loss of some talent, not to mention three starters on that offensive line, the, the Bucks aren't gonna be what they were last year. Right. And um and, and they've lost they've lost some other some other talent. So I don't I think, they, I think they win 11 just because that division is so weak. They will lose that game at New Orleans, as is their tradition. <laughs> um, so I disagree with you on uh, six division wins being automatic. And then um, I have the Saints in second place. Okay. Um, you know, the, last year before we got hurt, Jameis Winston wasn't playing that badly. Um, now, the question is without Sean Payton, does he go back to being the Tampa Bay Jameis? Probably. Um, to, to your point, they have holes all over the place. Um, Alvin Kamara is
0: probably going to miss some time this season with a suspension at some point. Yep. Um, and the cap and, problems. The cap has finally caught up to him.
1: Well, and the cap has caught up to him, but they still managed to sign a bunch
0: of guys. I right. Mean, and they drafted well, I will say that. Right. Um, but
1: again, first-year players, as we frequently talk about, um, and and something that you and I talked about off air. But you know, um, let's not pretend that that Drew Brees and Sean Payton equals. Jameis Winston and
0: Dennis Allen. Uh sorry. No, right, that's not right. the case. They they can cosplay, but I'm not sure why the rest of the world has agreed to accept that as being the actual thing. You know? I just but don't They get are it.
1: not they are not a just a complete void of talent roster
0: though. That's no. the other thing. The roster and they, doesn't it's a play suck.
1: in that equally bad division with, with the others. So I I think the Saints are gonna finish up right about nine and eight and competing for a playoff spot, trying to eke in. But the, the the Bucks will be a couple games better at, at eleven and five. Maybe they get to the twelve and four. But honestly, I think the Bucks, with three offensive linemen now basically out, I think Tom Brady at forty five is, is going to be in for a rude awakening um, when he doesn't have stellar protection. Uh, and then you know, I the other two, I I've, I've sort of gone back and forth, back and forth. I, I really can't put a. a my finger on who finishes third or fourth, it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, uh, I think the fa- I think the Panthers probably finish slightly ahead of the Falcons, just because I think the Falcons will take a step back without Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. um, and they haven't done enough. I mean, the defense is just—I don't know what—I don't know what they're doing there. Right. Um, you have a—you have a corner in Terrell who's solid, but nothing else there worth the damn. So. I think last year to, to get seven wins was actually a decent coaching job, but they still haven't fixed that offensive line. Mariota is not a world beater. And again, if it ends up being Ritter in the second half of the season, then you're to a rookie quarterback who's going to make mistakes all over the place. Right. So, um, and your top target is Kyle Pitts, a great young talent, um, but no Calvin Ridley uh, to help out on the outside and stretch the field and get it open, open, open underneath for him. I just think they're, I think they, they go backwards from seven wins to, you know, probably five. I think they're marching backwards. And then, you know, the, the Panthers, look, uh, Baker's going to look good at certain points, right? We both know this. The problem for him is that in Cleveland, Baker played behind a top five line. He's going to be playing behind a bottom five line in Carolina. Right. That line is not good and and I think that is going to be the biggest problem for him because he doesn't handle uh, the rush well. No, um, and, and so it's possible that they get him rolling out a lot more now that he's healthy, and they try to use that to their advantage knowing that they've got um, a bad O-line. And, and I'll just hear the news flash from the rest of the league um, and the defensive coordinators. Baker likes to roll to his right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is true. There, there's your tendency. Although Stefanski um, would roll him to the left sometimes too. Stefanski loves the left rollout.
1: Yeah, which yeah, throw across the you know throw throw in a way that doesn't ergonomically make sense. Right. Um, so Baker, again, listen, I'm going to go out on the limb and I'm going to I'm going to say the thing that nobody thinks is going to happen. I think the Browns go to Carolina win week one, and and I think that's going to happen because that team, the Browns team, that defense, I think they went to. Break him in half, and I, I think I think there's four or five sacks uh, in week one. And Baker, when he's getting sacked, he, he doesn't play well. Um, I think Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney are going to go after him like there's no business. Um, so and those corners know his tendencies. So yeah. I think actually I think the Browns are going to win week one. I know everybody else thinks it's the Baker revenge tour. The Browns are in chaos. They don't have Deshaun Watson. They're doomed. They, you know Baker's going to get his revenge.
0: I don't I don't see it. Um, and plus, they just lost their field goal kicker for the year. Yeah. Uh,
1: the former Brown, Zane Gonzalez, who, again, we both know a kicker matters, right? Now you're, you're two weeks from the season and now you don't have a kicker. Right. Um, so they're going to have to go out on the open market and find one of these you know, used up retreads. Um, and, and that'll be a problem for them as the missile season goes on. So, between Carolina and their problems um, and their depth issues, and could Christian McCaffrey stay healthy and stay on the field? We have no reason to believe that that's the case. I've got to think that he's going to miss at least five games, if not more. Right? right. I mean, because he always does. Yeah, uh, you think so. And, and so I think that kind of dooms them. So I think Carolina and Atlanta are just fighting to see who um, ends up in the cellar. Um, and, and and again, Saints struggling to try to maybe get a wild card spot with the Bucks just kind of Stepping back on Tom's way out the door to 11 and 5, and, and before they have to start rebuilding next year when the cap crushes them and no more quarterback, and,
0: and, and then they're, they're staring into the abyss again as a franchise. Yes, and uh, you mentioned Atlanta and Calvin Ridley, that he committed what is the absolute cardinal sin in the eyes of the NFL, and the eyes of the NFL apparently worse than sexually assaulting dozens of women. Is associating with the league's official gambling partner at DraftKings, so he's going to sit out an entire season here. So uh, that sucks for him. That sucks for any Calvin Ridley uh, dynasty fantasy owners, uh, et cetera. So uh,
1: yeah, and I just let me just say this because I've seen all this. You know, you go on Twitter and everybody's like, it's all nonsense and this <laughs> and that. The problem, of course, is is that it's it's all about the contract and the and the and, and the union contract. And there's a segment in there that's explicit to gambling, and it's true. And it is it is its own section, and it is truly no tolerance. You do it in any way, and it's a year. And they've got that in place so that they don't that they just scare the hell out of these guys to, to avoid it. Um, I know everybody's like, oh, they think you know gambling's worse than sexual you know misconduct. No, I don't think they really do. <laughs> I think that they have it in the contracts and. And that's why he's getting a year. So everybody's like, it's not fair, you know, for Calvin Ridley. I'm like, well, the problem for him is that the section for nonviolent sexual misconduct is nebulous in the contract, as was pointed out by Sue Robinson. Not well defined. And so, whereas gambling is very explicitly defined in another section. So I get it. It's, it seems awkward and stupid and everything, but you had to know as a player They've, they've always maintained this position. It's been in the contract. They take these guys. Don't do it. Don't do it in any way, or you will lose a year. He did. I mean, it's stupid.
0: Yeah. Right? I'm not going to deny it's stupid, or get a sock puppet to do the gambling for you, like everybody else well, in the world. And
1: I agree with you. I mean, it's like it was part of a parlay, and he bet for his team to
0: win. Right.
1: Like, and he wasn't even playing
0: in. Right.
1: So, I mean, I agree with the whole element of, well, well that's just that's just dumb. Right. I mean, it's it's not like he was like, he knew something, and he's like, ah, "They're throwing the game, and I, I'm going to bet against the Falcons." And you know, he, it was part of a parlay. He had a bunch of other things riding, right? Um, so he wasn't like loading up a million dollars on the Falcons to lose because he knew something. Um, you know, and he bet for them to win because he believed in his teammates. So again, it's stupid, but he shouldn't have done it. Well, you know, well, you have to know if you're a if you're an NFL player,
0: don't. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean Don't. that's definitely the case. Uh, but again, you know, I believe it's part of my profile that I'm going to smartly seize on something like that when I see it. Yes, so, I know. It, it, I, you it know. is what you do best. <laughs> it but, is right. um, yeah taking cheap shots here to make my point. But well, uh, it's
1: it's kind of like it's kind of like so you 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 heard in the media after the after the Deshaun Watson decision, they're like, "See, the NFL agreed he committed sexual assault." I'm like, pause. be arbitrator sue robinson former federal judge explicitly says in her ruling that she's going to have to accept what the nfl takes and defines as quote-unquote assault because they don't properly define it and also it's not the same definition in terms of real world legal definition of assault so she uses the phrase and she literally basically lays it out like i'm using this word because this is how the NFL contract has it framed. But, you know, again, it's the definition of assault is really only really defined that way in this contract. And also then she attacks on, and then there was no violence involved. So what do we, you know, so anyway, again, it gets the, the, the details and all this stuff gets lost in the semantics of people wanting to like, just yell and say awful things and whatnot, and say, see, he's guilty of sexual assault. It's like, Be careful. In real-world legal terms, no, he's not. In in terms of misconduct, yes. In terms of the, how the NFL defines things, she was forced to use that phraseology because that's how the contract frames it. So, again, I, I know nuance is lost in the Twitterverse, but... <laughs>
0: Well, uh, spe- speaking of uh, assault, I regard it as an assault on common sense for anyone to think about New Orleans, by the way, love that segue, but uh, to for anybody to buy into the whole continuity con on New Orleans. I'm just going to say it again. I, I think it's a fraud situation there. I, I think, you know, Dennis Allen... You look at what his record was in Oakland, so promoting him on the whole continuity fraud thing of like, oh, hey, we're going to have this coach and QB each cosplaying as the last guy, oh, that kind of a thing. You and I bemoaned this off air, our beloved Ohio University Bobcats here. I I said to you, how is it possible that like 15 minutes after Frank Solich retired, it's like he was never there in the first place? Sometimes that happens in life. Now, I'm not saying that the Saints are going to regress to being the expansion team of 1967 or whatever, but I'm saying that, like, everybody's, like, looking at them like they're the Saints of the last 15 years. And I, I just, I don't see it. I It's just one of these things where... Uh, you know, it, it it's it's one of these sort of visual things that like one of the, I can't think of the phraseology here because it's been a long day, but like when everybody stares at a picture and like only one person sees like what's in there, I feel like I'm that one person uh that like sees this, and the rest of the world's like, oh yes, yes, it's still the Saints the way they were before, yada yada yada, but I, again, I just keep coming back to that because it's one of my biggest points of differentiation with everybody this year. Is I don't see it with New Orleans; they're the collapse candidate. I keep saying that nobody sees coming. Well, I
1: mean, maybe they prove to be the new Coke, the uh, NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, again, I, I I agree with you, right? And, and I, I think I mentioned that in, in my opening segment on this is that yeah, they, they got holes. It's it's not Sean Payton. It's an unproven Dennis Allen. It's James Winston and not Pro Bowl, you know, Drew Brees. Now, granted, the last two years of Drew Brees were, I mean, dear God, he was washed. Um, mm-hmm. But there, most of that roster is still a
0: holdover, right? Right. Minus a few guys because of the salary cap issues. Right. So at this point, it's not unreasonable for people to think, okay, we're,
1: we're, we're you know, we're going to the, you know, this is the, bear, this is the, uh, uh, you know uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Barry uh, that replaced Jimmy Johnson. Uh, uh, White well, man, I may not think of his last
0: name. Oh, Switzer, uh, Switzer, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, Switzer. You know, it's kind of like that,
0: right? The team is the same. Yeah.
1: Um, and and so the personnel is mostly the same, and they're going to run the same system under the OC. So you look at it and you go, okay, there's continuity. But as we saw with our, as you mentioned, beloved Ohio Bobcats, Solich retires late in the process right before camp so right at the end of july mm. and do a health issue and they immediately promote the offensive coordinator saying continuity continuity and um and then they promptly go out and win like uh what three games so um and they're terrible so so we'll see i don't think the saints are going to have that kind of dramatic drop off from bowl team to three win. Um, but I I do think that uh, the idea that they're somehow going to excel with the current personnel situation, I don't agree with. Uh, Again, I think they're fighting to
0: try to get into a wild-card spot. I'm going to compare this, and this is maybe an unfair comparison as far as uh, the the succeeding coach in the other scenario, because I don't necessarily know how much of that was his fault. I think there was a lot of things that went wrong. But for whatever reason... I'm getting vibes here of Joe Gibbs, Richie Pettibone. I'm just getting memories of that. He came in in 93. Uh, He got promoted to head coach. And like I said, as I recall, maybe not all of it was his fault, but man, they went south in a hurry. I mean, that was like the death of the Redskins as we knew them. So I'm just getting the same vibe here. I don't know. It's just one of those things where, and, and when that happens, I think you'll agree with me on this part. When you get a negative snowball going, like, you, you can tell me all you want about they've retained much of the talent of the last couple of years in different spots and everything like this, whatever. But, like, if a negative snowball starts rolling, they get off to, like, a 1-5 start, everything else goes right out the window. It's just going straight downhill.
1: Um. Yeah, no, I. you're right. And, look, each of us gets a gut call, right? Yep. This is your gut
0: call. My gut call. Mine
1: was the, mine was the Vikings. Mm-hmm. That, you know, maybe on paper it doesn't look like
0: that adds up the way we think, but mm-hmm. your gut is telling you yep. the Saints are going to nosedive. Yep. Uh, the same way my gut was telling me the Vikings, it's not going to work out the way they thought, at least in year one. Right. Um, so so we're both making our gut call. Yours is simply the Saints, and mine's the Vikings. Yep. So. And we'll see how it plays out in both of us, unsurprisingly, saying the Bucks to win the division. And then, of course, uh, a couple segments from now, once we go through our playoff picks, we'll see how far we have both of them going. But uh, in the meantime, we've been breaking down the 2022 NFC South. Thank you, Chris Galloway, and thank you, everybody, for checking out this segment of the FDH Lounge.